That's right. So uh, Pastor Chris, uh, their family's been on vacation, and he just uh, shot me a text and said they're, they're uh, planning on coming back whenever it stops raining, so August. Uh, the rain, man, the rain. So, um, so growing up here uh, in this culture, the, the world that, that we live in today, uh, you quickly learn, or at least I did, uh, that, that most people tend to fall into a couple different camps. Uh, usually, you, or you lean one way or the other. Usually, you're, you're like the minimizer in life or the maximizer in life. And, and, and here's, uh, here's how you know which, which way you lean, typically. Uh, here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you're a minimizer, that means that, that uh, like it, you're that kid in school that, that you wanted to, whatever the least amount of work possible you, you could do and still pass, that, that, that's you, right? I mean, the, the, these were, if, if you were the kid in school that, that uh, you found out, oh, okay, uh, what I, what's the, the least I can do? You grab the syllabus, you say, how many days can I miss without failing? Uh, what, just give me the answer. Where are the cliff notes? I don't want to read the whole book. Who would read a whole book? Just give me those cliff notes. I, wanna, I just want to find the, the quick answer, right? We just want the shortcuts in life. Now, <laughs> the opposite is also true. If you lean the other way, you're, you're that maximizer. You're that, you're that kid in school that none of us liked. I'm just kidding. We all liked you. We liked, no, no, you, you, uh, you're the extra credit kid, right? You're, you're, you're the one that says, okay, uh, I want to do the maximum I can do. If there's extra credit, you were doing all of it. In fact, if there was more than one plus, you wanted it, A++, plus plus. one plus wasn't good enough. Uh, you, you, you did it all. You, cr- you craved it all. You wanted to know, hey, you, you went the extra mile. And then some, because you wanted to make sure, you wanted to make it crystal clear that uh, you were the best. Better than every, everybody else. It was like a competition for you. Hey, I, I earned it. I'm, I'm better than you. I did more work than you. There's nobody uh, better than me. Now, I, I you know, exaggerate a, a little bit on, on that. And, and if, if I had to um, uh, share with you which way I lean, I'd probably lean growing up more toward minimizer. But uh, we grow, don't we? At least we hope so. Because, you know, it'll start playing out. Uh, it, it's it's funny thing about that when you're a kid growing up in school. But, but uh it actually starts playing out sometimes whether we like it or not, even in other areas as we get older in, in, in life. We get that job, and, and we start applying that same school of thought, don't we? It's like, hey, what's the least amount I can do here without being fired? Right? Or we get married, and we're like, what's the least amount of listening I can do without getting divorced here? I know that never happens, never, never, ever happens. Or you, or you go the other way, you go the other way, and we find, man, you're, you're still, you're the overachiever in life. You want all the awards, all the, all the accolades. Uh, man, you, you do it all, uh, you, you, you can do it all, and then some, and still have a perfect family. But if, if, if one plate in perfection starts to wobble just a little bit, you start freaking out, maybe some. Um, but the, the, the point is, is that you still want everybody to know, hey, I'm the best there ever was. And ever will be, right? And so we, 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 if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we even start applying that school of thought to our faith, don't we? When it comes to the gospel, we, 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 start, we start overlaying that, intentionally or not sometimes, uh, to a gospel message and to a gospel faith and, and, and making it something that it was never really intended to be. It's like, man, now, now, now here, here's what I mean by that is, is that, some, some of us may, may look at the gospel and say, okay, I get it, you have followed Jesus, but what, what's the least I can do when it comes to following Jesus and still slide into his kingdom? Or we go the other route, we're like, man, I'm going to rock this kingdom, right? I'm going to be like the best Christian ever. I'm going to do the most things, show up at the most places. I'm going to be more 
gospel lure than you. Right? And so, so that we can say, man, I'm a way better at everything. I want people in all the land to know you, you strive for greatness in God's kingdom. And you want to be the best there is. Be at the table. Be, have the, the, the seats of, of the ring of honor and all that stuff. And so if we're not careful, we can start overlaying that school of thought to our gospel fate, can't we? And But what if, what if there was a different way? What if there was... What if there was a better way? What, what if that's not really what, what Jesus intended for us to be about at all in life, especially when it comes to faith and, and the gospel? What if, man, what if life could have a different rhythm? What if we didn't have to, to go there? What, what, if, what if we could actually truly, really get motivated about something beyond ourselves? What, what if there's a different way? What if we, we could stop caring so little about everything and actually uh, caring about the right things. And what if we could actually, and check this out, what, what, if, what if we could submit to somebody else and actually be encouraged by it? Man, that's, what if we did that and actually we were glad and better for it? What if we found a rhythm of life that would shift our focus from what, what we have to give up in life for following the, Jesus and instead... Help us to center on who we have to submit to in life. That's the gospel rhythm that I want us to look at today. That, that's the kind of, of rhythm of, of life that, that, that God can actually bring us. Uh, and there's a freedom that comes with that. So turn with me to our latest hard teaching as we continue in, in the, the hard teachings of Jesus. Turn with me to, to Matthew 19 uh, to today. And, and I know what you're thinking. Uh, you're like, man, I, I'm holding out hope for the easy sayings of Jesus, the next series, the easy sayings of Jesus. So spoiler alert, man, they're all hard. They're all hard. Once you start looking, some may be more confusing, some, some maybe you think you don't, it may be harder than others, but it turns out when you start looking at the gospel and when you look at what it takes to actually be a follower of Christ, it's all hard. It's all hard. So this is no different. This, this teaching, uh, you, you may have heard it before, but it's another hard one another hard one. They're all hard. It's, it's the, the first will be last. The last will be first. We've heard that, and yeah, yeah, we kind of get that, but, but maybe we don't really delve into what Jesus was, was, is talking about. So I want us to do that today, and just to give you a little bit of context, Jesus, uh, he, he talks about that saying, and he frames it with uh, two illustrations. One is uh, a person, he has a conversation with a rich young man, and then he, he ends it by, by, by giving us a parable. And so he frames that that hard teaching, that hard saying, with those two illustrations. So we start with the first one, with a, a real-life conversation uh, that's going on with a rich young man that comes up to him. And in verse 16, this is what it says. It says, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Normal thing to ask. We, we, we want to know that, too, don't we? we I, I'll let you figure out whether he falls into minimizer or maximizer. Uh, can't. But he's going, hey, tell me what I got to do. Give me the answer here, Jesus. And yes, yeah, sure, we, we want to know that too. What must I do to have life? That's what he's asking. And so listen to what Jesus says. What good deed must I do? And he said to him, well, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. Isn't that interesting that, that Jesus pulls that out from his question? In fact, he goes, he goes pretty rabbi right here. This is what happens. Most, a lot of rabbis uh, when you talk to them, teachers like that, uh, you would ask them a question, and they would, they would answer it with a question back. 
And for, for maximizers, remember, they're really frustrated with that. They're like, just skip to the end and give me the answer. But listen, here's what Jesus is doing in this conversation. He's building to his point. And, and, and the reason that, that rabbis did that was so that people, there were other people listening in on this conversation at this time, it's just like you are now. So we're listening into this conversation and what the rabbi is doing, what Jesus is doing, he's building, he's wanting us to think, to grapple, to struggle, and he's wanting us to get there. He's wanting us to, to show us, uh, hey, here's, here's, here's the conclusion that I want you to, to draw and I want you to grapple with this and I want you to get there. So that's what he's doing with the rich young man. And he says, hey, it's interesting that you said that good thing because there's only one who is good. In translation, right now, the rich young guy, he thinks he's good. Okay, let's, let's keep going. So he said to him, the rich young guy said to Jesus, well, which ones? I want to know. Tell, tell me which ones. And Jesus said, okay, well, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. A couple easy ones. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? Give me more. Give me the answer. I know there's probably more. Other people were sitting there like, yeah, wow. Hey, this guy's pretty good. And he's kept all those. He's kept all those commandments. What, what more is there? What, what more can there be? What, what, what possibly is left? And so Jesus says to him, well, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven by the way, come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, why? He was doing so good. Oh, yeah, check, 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 check. Yeah, I got that, I got that, I got this. I've done that, I've done that. I'm rich, I'm affluent. When he got to this point, he walked away sad. Why? Why would would he walk away when Jesus got there? See, in... in, uh, in antiquity, at that, that time, the, the, the school of thought was that if you were rich, if you were affluent, God's blessing was on you. People thought that, oh, wow, you were, you were, it. You were getting in. You were getting in because God was shining down on, on you, that, that you were rich and affluent for a reason, okay, and you were getting in. And so this would have been shocking to the, the, the listeners. Like, wow, if, if he's not getting in, none of us are getting in. Right, so, so it, Jesus goes on, he says, listen, don't miss this leaning, lean, and he turns to his disciples now. They've been listening, and they're like, whoa, what did he just say? He said, listen, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, well, who then can be saved? Who, who can be saved? This guy seems like he's the A++ guy. He said, Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible. Here's his point. Do you see what he, what he did there? What he, how he built that up? With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And then Peter, Peter, Peter said in reply, see, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Still missing the point, Peter, Jesus said, Hey, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands, earthing, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. 
And here's our hard teaching. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Man. He got to his point. He said, listen, the, the, the rich young man thought he was good. He thought he was getting it in life. And what Jesus is saying is like, no, people, it's impossible. You can't earn it. You will never get there, no matter who you are. And circling back to, the, to that good thing, you may think you're good. You may think you're doing good. But there's only one that's good. And you're looking at him. It's God. I'm the only one that's good. He actually uses that, uh, that, that literary pattern. The, the, the last will be first. The first will be last. Uh, that, that's a pattern, an ABBA pattern. You've seen it before. That actually happens even in today's world. Uh, an American president said that same uh, pattern. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Country, you, you, country. We see it again in, in, in Mark and other Gospels where, where Jesus is actually responding to the Pharisees who are also listening in. And, and he said, uh, you've got it all wrong. Your conventional wisdom is wrong. Uh, the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath, man, man, Sabbath. What is Jesus saying? He's flipping conventional wisdom. He's saying, listen, you have taken something, you've taken the Sabbath, a good gift that I've given you so that you can have rest and stop earning your keep. And you have made it into something where now you got to earn your keep. You've turned it into something totally different. Where they had laws back then where you could only actually take a certain amount of steps on the Sabbath. What had they done? They had taken a good gift that God had given for rest and they had turned it into a, to something else, a competition. Right? So Jesus is saying, listen, this is all impossible with man. The Pharisees, they, they had reversed things. And Jesus is saying, listen, you can't earn it. It's impossible. You can't get there. It, my kingdom is not about, about placement. It's not about striving for greatness in my kingdom. It's, it's not about who, who gets there. Listen, I'll decide. He was saying, listen, yeah, Peter, you're leaving. I'm, I'll, I'll put you where you're supposed to be. But that's not what it's about. It's an impossibility. I, I'm the one that's good. I'm the one that you have to lean into. I'm the one that you have to trust here. You guys, listen, the point is, it's not about what you sacrificed for the gospel. It's about submitting to it. And that's a hard teaching. That's a hard lesson. It's not about what we give up or how long we've been following Jesus or, or uh, keeping the rules better than, than the next guy so that you can say, wow, you know, I, I'm a way better prayer than you. No, that's not what it's about. It's about submitting to the only authority that's ever truly good. And that's God. The gospel kingdom, it, it, it's not about, oh, man, what, what you had to give up and sacrifice for the gospel. No, no, it's about submitting to him. And that's hard. It's, it's, the first will be last and the last will be first. Man, that, that's a, it's not about what you do. Well, then what is it, what is it about? Jesus is saying, okay, well, they're saying, okay, if, if that's not what it's about, the disciples are saying, then, then what? Then who? who? Who's it about? And so we know that, listen, guys, when, when we get this, when we understand this, the gospel submission brings clarity of perspective. Let me say that again. The gospel submission brings clarity of perspective for you and those people around you. That's it. Now, now, now we're, we're starting to, to understand the answer that it's not about, uh, that, that we, know, we know what we're supposed to do now. And that's a hard thing. It's not about sacrifice. It's about submission. About, and, and that'll start to bring clarity in your life. You're saying, oh, wow, it's not just about, the gospel is not about me finding out whatever the, the minimum is and still doing whatever I want 
in life and skating in at the end. And it's not about me striving for greatness and being better than somebody in the kingdom. It's about just submitting to the one who's good and following him. And that brings perspective now to your life. That brings clarity. And now you can say, oh, wow, if, if I'll submit to God now and follow his lead, then that's going to give me all kind of new perspective for my life. And now, what I mean by that, when, when you talk about submission, a, a lot of times uh, that doesn't bring up the feel-goods, does it? It doesn't bring up happy thoughts. It doesn't bring up uh, good things about it. Because when we hear that word, our natural tendency is just to fight against it, isn't it? Submission just means accepting or yielding to a superior authority, yielding to another person. We have to yield our will. Man, that is hard. It's easy to sit here and say it, but it's hard to actually do it, isn't it? Because we don't wake up each morning, most of us probably, we say, oh man, what a great morning. I cannot wait to submit to somebody better than me today. Most of us don't start our day that way, do we? But maybe we should. Because there is one that's good. And that's what he wants from us. It's like, submit to me. It'll bring you perspective. It'll give you clarity in your life. That's what it's about. That's what he's saying. It's not about, listen, you know, most days in life, what, what tends to happen as we roll along through our day is, is the opposite. We fight against that, that submission. We're like, well, against whoever that other person uh, is. And we're like, man, well, the man's not taking my stuff today. He's not taking my money. He's not taking my job. He's not taking my guns or whatever, fill in the blank. And I'm sure not sacrificing anything so somebody else can get something. Because that's the opposite, right? Of now, you're right. You may be right. When it comes to submitting to somebody else that's bad or doesn't have your best interest in mind, yeah, it doesn't typically end well, does it? When we submit to other people, when we submit to, to, to governments that don't have our best interest in mind or big businesses that don't have our best interest in mind or doctors, poor doctors, we're like, man, you're not telling me what to do. I'm going to live my life the way I want, right? Oh, we're saying governments, businesses, you know what those are? Those are people. Those are people that we're saying, yeah, hey, I'm not going to submit to you. You could be a bad authority in my life, and they could be. They could be, and it doesn't typically end well, but do you want to know the person that you have to struggle with the most when it comes to yielding to each and every day? Yeah, somebody said it. Yeah, if you've got a phone, hold up that selfie. We're a selfie generation. It's not the governments, and it's not the big business people that you have to worry about, right? We have always been a selfie generation. We just have cell phones now to take the picture. That's it. But if you want to know the person that you're going to struggle with the most when it comes to submitting your will to God... Man, it is yourself. Look in the mirror each and every day. Look, find a shiny reflection of something today and stare into it because you're looking at it. You're looking at the person that's going to give you the most trouble when it comes to yielding to God's will because we want to fight against it. Man, we don't want to. That's a hard, that's a hard teaching. It's tough. And the rich young ruler, the rich young man was no different. He's like, man, I've done all this stuff. I'm a good person. I'm an affluent person, man, that the conventional wisdom is telling me that I'm in. And Jesus is saying, no, it's impossible. You've missed the whole point. You've got to yield to me. You've got to yield to the good person, the only good person there is out there. Because the good person actually has your best interest in mind. Most of the time, guess, guess who does it? You. We don't have our best interest at heart. You're thinking, wow. So Jesus was saying, listen, you're going to have to decide. Eventually, that's what it comes down to. For him, for the, the rich young man, for the, for the disciples, for, for us today, we have to eventually 
look at Jesus, look at ourselves in the mirror, and we, we ultimately have to make a decision. Am I going to yield? Am I going to give up my will and submit to a good authority, the, the, the only good authority that could be in my life? And that will give me a whole new perspective how I'll roll through this life. We'll, we'll, we'll actually be able to, to start laying some things down and trusting in somebody that does have our best interest in mind and following that lead. And yes, ultimately we have to make that initial decision to follow him. But guess what we have to do, church? Each and every day, that is a decision we have to make, isn't it? Each and every day. It's not a one-time decision. It's not a one-time, hey, I made the decision to follow Jesus. And now it's back, it's, it's back, back to my will. No, that's the fight. That's our fight every day, isn't it? We've made that decision now to follow Jesus, and now our fight is to say, hey, and today I'm going to yield to you, God. Man, that's hard. That's hard. But that's the perspective that Jesus is teaching us. And so Jesus is saying now, okay, okay let, me, let me tell you, Peter, you're still not getting it. Let, let, me, let me show you. Let me give you another example. Let me give you another illustration. So, so he, he does a parable. He goes rabbi again. He, does, he shares with them another parable. Uh, rabbis would, would do this a lot when, when they, they would teach in parables. And all a parable really was was taking common things and common understanding about said things uh, to prove one primary point. And that's what Jesus was doing. He said, okay, let me try it a different way. Let, let me, let me, let me uh, share with you a parable because to, to illustrate my primary point so that you could understand that. And so in, in chapter 20, so Jesus said, listen, the first is going to be last. The last is going to be first in my kingdom. Get this. Let me say it again this way. And this is his parable. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers, for a denarius a day, a little bit of money, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, hey, you go in the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and he found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyards too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. Let me stop here real quick. Now, you're thinking the same thing that, that his audience was thinking. Oh, wow, the, the, the people that were brought on last, they're not going to get as much. The first people are going to get more. So they're either going to get less so you're thinking, if you're the first guy hired, they're like, man, that guy's going to get less than me, or that owner's getting ready to change. Now, I'm about to get more than what he said. That's what they're thinking. That's what you're thinking. That's, all right, we're thinking, that's fair. So now, here's what happened on receiving it. They said, now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, and this is classic us, isn't it? They grumbled at the master of the house. That's all I get. Saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Do you not agree with me? Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. Did you get that? In God's kingdom, in God's economy? What is he saying there? Man, 
after all that, it's not fair. We look at that and they were saying, well, that's not fair. And the, the people in the story were saying, well, that's not fair. I worked longer. I've been working in the scorching heat here all day. And those guys just got in. So in, in, in our rhythm of life, that's our initial response. That's what we want to go to. It's fairness. You know, but what Jesus is saying, no, no, you're, you, you've missed it. It all belongs to me. And I'm a generous owner. I'm a generous God. Listen, those guys, uh, we, are, we are so quick. You know, we think about, oh, yeah, you know, way back then, that's, that's how people thought. Yeah, still is, isn't it? You, you go to work and, and you quickly learn. You, you, you take your, a job, and, and once you've been there for an extended amount of time, what happens when the new hire comes on board? What do they quickly learn, intentionally or not? They quickly learn that other employees have seniority. They get the better parking spaces. They get the refrigerator in the drawers with their name on it. Don't they? Now, listen, that's only fair. You've been working there longer. You should get the fridge drawer. You should get the parking space. You should get the bigger bonus. And we still think that. That's how we operate. We don't sit there and say, thank God he's on board with our team. Thank God he's here. And what Jesus is saying, listen, when you understand this and you gain that perspective in life, what you start to realize is now, man, those people should have been excited. The people that got brought into that kingdom, they should have been saying, thank God that they found hope. Back then, if you didn't work, those day laborers, it was a matter of survival. If they hadn't found work, if they hadn't been given that generosity, they could have went without food. And, and, the, and rather than being begrudging about the generosity, they should have been saying, wow, you found work, you made it. This owner is so good. He has given us work. He has given us hope. Thank God you made it. Thank God you're here. That's the hope that we have. That's what happens when we submit to God. Not the opposite. The hopeless find hope. Those who've already found it, those who've already found that hope, they actually rejoice. And they extend generosity. They're grateful. They they don't complain about what's been sacrificed. They don't begrudge generosity. Because when we submit to the gospel... We become grateful for what we have, and we seek to be generous with it. That's what happens when we actually decide to yield to God, the one person in our life that's good. The rhythm that starts happening in our life that we should expect is gratefulness and generosity. And wouldn't that be different? Wouldn't that be great? It gives us a new rhythm of life, man. Grateful for the life that we've been given. Grateful for a good giver because it all belongs to him anyway. Excited to see others finally yield so that they can get off that track of maximizing and minimizing in their life. So that they actually can find hope for their life. So that when all may seem lost in your life, there's always hope. Because we have a generous God. We've got a generous giver. And when we stop worrying about what we've had to sacrifice or how little somebody else has had to sacrifice and we just submit to God and the gospel, that should lead to gratefulness and generosity in our own life. We shouldn't be sitting there thinking, man, wow, you know, I, I can't wait to see how much more I'm going to get than that guy. And that's what the listeners we're thinking, and Jesus is saying, no, the last will be first, the first will be last. The translation, the rhythm of my kingdom operates in gratefulness and generosity. 
that's the currency, man. The, the currency that you find in my kingdom is generosity. So yield to me, follow me. As God's, God's kingdom is not about striving for greatness. It's about submitting to it. It's not about striving for how great we can be in it. It's about submitting to greatness, to God. So if, if you're here, if you're here today and you find yourself in that situation where you have yet to, to decide, you've yet to make that decision to say, you know what, I, I've never yielded my will to God. That's your first step. That, that's what you have to decide. That, that's the decision that you have to make today is to say, man, I, I'm going to yield to the person that's actually good in this universe. And we all have to make that decision. So if, if you've found yourself in a life or you've been struggling or striving in either direction, now's your chance to make that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to choose hope. I'm going to choose a different rhythm. I'm going to submit for the first time maybe ever to a good God, to a God that's going to bring me hope, to a God that will actually transform my heart into gratefulness and generosity in life. Or if you're here today and you've been following Christ for however long, and you found hope. You've made that, that initial decision. Well, guess what? It, it, it doesn't end. Remember the, 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 the person in the mirror. Each day, we have to make that decision, don't we? Each day, we have to wake up and we have to decide. And, is, and today, am I going to yield to the one who's good in my life? Or am I going to yield to me in my life? So whatever is going on, whatever burden, whatever thing may have been holding you back, that's the decision you have to make today. As you move through life now, you've made that decision. What's your daily life like each day? That's the hard teaching. That's the hard part is when we have to decide to say, man, today, every day, we make that decision to yield to God or not for life. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering if you've been uh, which, which direction, which uh, choices you've been making there. Well, ha- has your life been reflecting generosity and gratefulness? Because that's what will flow out as we begin to yield to a good God. So today, wherever you are, whatever might be holding you back, whatever decision you need to make when it comes to yielding to God, I encourage you, I pray for you, uh, make that choice now. Would you, would you pray with me? God, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. We wish. We wish there were easy teachings. But we know you're a good God. We also know that the, the hard choices, the hard decisions are the best ones in our life. And so God, whatever it is, wherever we are, I pray we would just lay it down at your feet today. God, that we would ultimately submit our life, our hearts and our minds over to you. The world that we walk out into every day reminds us to strive for something different. God, may we, may we honor you. May we consciously make a decision to yield to you each day of our life. Give that up so that we can actually experience a life that's good, a life that's generous, a life that leads to gratefulness. And we pray all these things in your name.